The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Good afternoon and welcome to America's Web Radio. We're certainly glad to have you listening in. And uh, as always, we want to thank each of you that has told a friend, told a buddy, told somebody that you uh, were a veteran with about our number of different veteran shows. This is Remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And uh, as most of you know, uh, there was a little <laughs> incident this week, Saturday, uh, which I found not only terrible, but we're going to discuss it. We've got our host on the line with us. Lieutenant Colonel Retired Philip Forsberg. But before we get started, all of our shows that we do as far as with uh, veterans or with our first responders, we have a moment of silence. So we'll do that, and then we help get your heart going after that. So we'll be right back. And we thank you for taking out time during your busy day to listen to us and to uh, take time to meditate for just a moment, thinking about our veterans and those that are still on, or those that are on active duty right now, and also all of our first responders that do such a job. With that being said, we're going to make sure your heart is beating as we get ready to start remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm. And this will give you just a quick opportunity to get that pen and paper ready. Here we go. Okay, if your heart isn't going after that, whoops, what has happened here? We have lost Phil. Oh, uh, me, let me, uh, let's, uh, let's do a little bit more of the Jody and, uh, 
We'll get Phil back on the line. We had him and we lost him, but we'll get him back. I know where he is, so uh, we'll do that right quick. in business and uh, we've got Philip Forsberg, Lieutenant Colonel retired on the phone with us. Philip, how are you doing today? I'm well, David. How do you hear me? Well, I'm hanging in there. I don't like uh, unforeseen accidents like we had just then, but uh, you know, this is live radio and things happen. I was watching uh, one of the major uh, television networks and they... Uh, they had a glitch in their programming, and if you're doing live, you can expect problems every now and then. Sometimes things yeah. just happen because they just happen, and we don't know why. But we're here to talk about remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm, and uh, we have to remember, folks, each individual, Philip Farsberg included, that served in served in Desert Shield and Desert Storm. We have to remember them, and we have to thank them for their service. And if you see a veteran in the airport or any place else, and he's wearing a USS, I served on the USS whatever, or I served with um, C-11 in California at Fort Ord, or B-22 or whatever the situation might be, thank them for their service and offer to buy them a drink or a cup of coffee, or if you feel so inclined, buy them a meal. They they didn't serve themselves. They served you and served me, and we owe them a lot. So with that being said, Phil, what do you think about this um, deal that our government has pulled now uh, with Iran. Uh, I'm kind of deeply upset about it. Um, and, you know, as I've stated before, I, I can't think of any reason um, that someone would do this unless uh, they were intentionally trying to hurt our country. Well, I think that this administration is proving that they are in many ways. And this was just another slap in the face. To do it on 9-11 and then to 
not only trade the five people, but to give Iran $6 billion that had been frozen. We know what they're going to do with it. And to give it to a country that has yelled down with America, kill America, you know, I just, I can't fathom. And this is, this, you know, I don't think any veteran would ever say anything like that or be associated with anything like that. And so that just points out one more time what kind of chicken, and I would follow it with what should be followed after it, is in our White House right now, and we have to get rid of this person. But we can't get giggle, we can't t- tolerate giggles either. So, come twenty twenty four, we have to make a drastic change and get rid of Bidenomics. I went to, to the grocery store yesterday, Phil, and uh, being single, I don't. I'm not the world's best grocery shopper. I, I uh, feed the furnace when I'm hungry, you know. But I went yesterday and was taking enough time to look at the different prices. If our general public, our voters, are too dumb to see what's going on, then they're going to get, we can't stand four more years of it. The prices at the grocery store are beyond the pale. I was looking at items that were seven ninety nine that only yesterday or it on it seems like only yesterday were under six dollars. And I just couldn't believe it and there was a lady there shopping and, and I was standing in the aisle just shaking my head in disbelief and uh she agreed with me, and we we just we can't keep taking it like this. And to do stupid, stupid things like giving to our enemies, we just can't tolerate. Well, be certain those those who want to impose a totalitarian form of government on us. They need to crash our republic first. And there's a constant appeal to uh, democracy. Saving our democracy, um, protecting democracy. You know, that was Woodrow Wilson's uh, big progressive thing for getting us into World War One, protecting democracy. Um, in fact... Uh, he, he ran for re-election in uh, 1916 on the platform. He kept us out of war and then uh, then steadily began to get us into the war so that we could protect democracy. Um, a true, you know, one of the first progressives, real true progressives, uh, did enormous damage to our republic and uh, sent my grandfather over to fight in World War One got him wounded with German poison gas, but uh, you know the, our constitution doesn't say we're a democracy. The constitution says that the United States will guarantee to every state a republican form of government. 
small r, Republican. That's a republic, which means the rule of law and the government exists for the good of the people. Um, and so democracy at its heart is mob rule. And uh, so would-be tyrants would like to uh, use this whole mob rule democracy thing they keep throwing out uh, in order to drive us toward uh, off the cliff so that we're crying for some uh, totalitarian, all-powerful government to save us with the National Recovery Act or the National Recovery Administration a la Franklin Roosevelt um, and for all his dithering and all his manipulations and all his unconstitutional behavior uh, still didn't get us out of the Great Depression. It wasn't until we mobilized for World War II. So uh, I'm really hoping that we can uh, see past the uh, the would-be tyrants there that, that are trying to uh, crash our republic so they can replace it with um, a, a more fascist form of government. You know, as I see it, and I'm certainly no expert on it, is we're here because lack of caring by the voting public. They didn't study what Biden had never done in his 50 years. They didn't study what his record was. And we voted into office a man that's not qualified to be the janitor at a school. And yeah, he'd, uh, he'd probably get arrested for sniffing the hair of the little girls at the school. Probably. Uh, yeah, it's... Uh, and, you know, to me, it's just beyond mind-boggling that um, the whole Democrat Party is all in lockstep behind Joe Biden, and they're going to go down with the ship on this one. You have to understand the, the same reason that Joe Biden must run for re-election is the same reason that Saddam Hussein never retired. Right? You don't, if, if you're a tyrant and you try to retire, you're going to wind up with your head on a stick somewhere. And if you are uh, a career political criminal and you don't hold office, then you're going to spend the rest of your life in the horizontal pinstripes. Well, we know he's a criminal, Biden and his son, and the rest of the family. There's a great deal of evidence to that fact. And, you know, it's time... I don't know if you heard on one of our other programs on... uh, uh, on point with Victor, I would like to start a campaign nationally across the country that every good citizen send their representative 
either a golf ball or a baseball or some kind of ball so the Republicans can have a set. Yeah. It's really uh, quite alarming what's going on. Uh, you know, and I'm concerned that uh, people don't seem to um, understand very well uh, just the dangers that, that can be out there. The dangers that we face in our um, in our uh, military security our national security when, when we can't recruit and motivate uh, able-bodied young men to uh, be on that line of defense you know we're, we I promise you when when our adversaries feel we're weak enough they will test us and uh, you know that's been very uh, it's been borne out over the years, but um, everything this administration seems to want to do is to, to weaken our defenses. Um, and, uh, you know, it's like I say, Occam's razor. Uh, it, the simplest and most apparent explanation for something is normally the correct one. And, uh, you know, the guy, everything he does is something the enemies of our nation would do, then you can pretty well bet that um, he's taking direction from the enemies of our nation, who have enriched him a great deal over the years. And uh, I think, uh, really, they, they have the goods on him, and they don't... You know, if he doesn't do exactly what they say, he'll uh, they'll turn all, over all that information to uh, the authorities, and he'll go down in flames. And well, he should. You know, there's there's got to be a way to stop it. And, you know, it's, I guess I look at, at things, I approach them from my family that, uh, I have two, or I have four actually, um, grandkids that will, the direction that Biden and his merry band of three dollar bills is taking us, their lives will be destroyed and it's it's my fault it's the voters fault for ever letting this happen and as far as the radio station is concerned we'll take any suggestions that people have that would like to email us gm at america's web radio and we will take all comers on ideas, um, your feelings about what's going on, 
and how we can turn the ship around. And I'm not sure we can at this point. Uh, it worries me that our Department of Justice, our FBI, our all of our major crime units have been sacrificed and you know even if they if they bring somebody in they can't get justice and this is not right so there uh, James Garner made a movie one time called support your local sheriff I'm going to change that support your local police department and your local district attorney to get the bad guys thrown in jail and left in jail. And I don't care whether they're wearing a three-piece suit or... I've never been so embarrassed in my life, and I have nothing to do with it, but that idiot Fetterman in the Senate should be tarred and feathered. He is a disgrace to Pennsylvania, and his actions are a disgrace in the Senate. Uh, Phil, I know in your time in Washington, you must have gone to Congress a number of different times, and the times that I've been, I've been in awe of the people that are there, uh, dressed appropriately, and you, you felt, and this was many, not many years ago, but a number of years ago that I was there the last time, but you had confidence because of the way they looked. They weren't crazy-looking people with wearing shorts in Congress, shorts and t-shirts and this Fetterman should be I don't know what should happen to him but he shouldn't be in the Senate not dressed like that we have to have Uh, respect David it's a matter of decorum right what's proper what's proper to wear what's proper to say um, what's how the behavior is proper um, and that's all gone it is yes and uh, I would be considered and, and as people would have it they are considering my age an old man but you know my parents taught me to say yes ma'am yes sir no sir Yes, sir. And I still do. And I'm proud of it. I, You know, I'm going to show a lady respect by saying, yes, ma'am. I'm going to show a gentleman respect by saying, yes, sir, or no, sir. And if I'm invited to your home or I'm invited someplace, I'm going to dress appropriately. And... I, I'm very thankful that we were able to teach our kids the same lesson, and they're still doing it. 
And I think, you know, it's it's sort of like a salute between a non-com and an officer. You respect you respect that honor and you show the other person the respect you have for his rank or her rank. And I don't know that we have respect for anything anymore. Well, you know, I would tell you this. The way I always looked at the the salute between uh, junior and senior uh, in rank was uh, the junior, uh, you know, salutes the senior. And uh, in doing so, what he's saying is, you can trust me in combat. And the senior is saying back, I will take care of you in combat. I had never heard it that way, but that's beautiful. And, you know, that's... That's what America is all about, uh, is I've got your back. And uh, one of our doctors that does the show here, uh, I think I mentioned this last week, came back from Europe recently, and he said everywhere he went in Europe, it was the same question. What's going on in the United States? We don't trust you all. We don't trust that we can count on you to come through for us like you always have in the past. What's going on in the United States? Well, we've lost uh, we've lost all trust in the world, and people well, know they can't count on us. When you have your friends don't trust you and your enemies don't fear you, it's the worst of of all cases. You know, I think we need to have a little more self-respect as Americans and to put people like Joe Biden in office. Or Fetterman. You know, I mean, you're talking about my time in Washington, uh, David. I, you know, I, I worked with the staff and, and personally met several great names. Um, Trent Lott, Robert Byrd, um, Ted Stevens, Daniel Inouye, Bob Dole, John McCain, um, Newt Gingrich, um, you know, uh, many, many, uh, great names, great, great people that have given their life to, uh, to, uh, serving, uh, this country in government. And, uh, you know, to see the likes of uh, Fetterman up there in his hoodie and shorts, um, like he's just robbed a liquor store or something, uh, just, it's creepy. And uh, the, uh, the Democrat Party cannot uh, get away from this. It's, it's tattooed to them. They, they own it. And they're not doing anything about it other than saying, 
Well, he has a right to dress however he wants to. No, he doesn't. You know, just out of... You know, you don't have to write a thank you note, but it's the right thing to do. And you don't have to do a lot of things, but you do them because it's the right thing to do. And, you know, anybody that has half a brain, and I don't think Fetterman does, but... You know, he's just wanted to draw attention to himself, and he thinks that what he's doing is is cool, and people are going to stand up for him because he's doing what he wants to do, and and he should be he should have the right to do it. Well, you know. You have to live with a hundred other people in the Senate. And it's not, it's not a holding pen for livestock. It's where our, part of where our laws are made, part of where our justice is performed. And it, the House and the Senate, deserve respect and I you know I marvel at the fact of how does somebody get there and Fetterman you know I the people of Pennsylvania had their head in a well when they elected him but somebody needs to give him a civic lesson that he doesn't just represent Pennsylvania. He represents the United States. And like you said, there's a decorum, there's a there's a way you do it. And I well, Phil, you and I are approximately the same age, give or take. How do you, how do you feel about the world laughing at us? I didn't grow up that way. I grew up with the fact that everybody was jealous of the United States and wanted to be a friend of the United States and knew that we had their back. But I've never gone through a period where the world is laughing at us. Uh, well, I think back to the... Uh when I was in high school and Jimmy Carter was president, we were pretty well a laughing stock. Jimmy Jimmy Carter's brother Billy was best friends with Muammar Gaddafi. Um, he was taking policy on uh, nuclear disarmament from his nine-year-old uh, little uh, Chelsea Carter or whatever her name was. Um, you know, to me, uh, you know, if we don't if we don't put serious people and honorable people in office, then we're going to have uh, we're just going to have the worst time we could get. Well, 
you know, I uh, I was not a Carter fan at all, as you can well imagine. However, in his defense, he was just so far out of his league and had never played hardball like they do in D.C. He didn't even know. I, I, I think he was overwhelmed from the get-go. And, you know, it's not necessarily the man or the woman in any case, be it a business or anything else, but who they surround themselves with. And Carter did a very poor job, as has Biden, in surrounding himself with morons <coughs> that had no idea what they were doing in D.C. And the morons that are there now, they they just don't have an idea, period. So, you know, I... Uh, I can't defend Carter, but I I don't think... I think what's happening today is a thousand percent intentional, and I don't think Carter was intentional in any of his terrible decisions. Just my opinion. Yeah. Well, but uh, I, I still don't like being the laughing stock of the world. No, no, but uh, you know we're, we're going to own it as long as uh, Beijing Joe is in the White House. We're going to own that. the The question is, how, you know, how are we going to recover? Uh, I think the timeline for the, for the Chinese to take Taiwan is 2025. Uh, and of course that, uh, coincides with the, the, uh, inauguration of our next, uh, of our president, whoever is elected. And, uh, I think the Chinese would like nothing more than to see, uh, their boy Joe get reelected and, uh, that would green light the whole thing. I would, if, uh, if I were reading the tea leaves, I would get the flock out of uh, Taiwan, take everything you got, and leave. But, um, you know, I, 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 trust, uh, I trust our election people but at the same time I see a lot of things that really disturb me um, and uh, it, it's really hard to describe my feelings I, I want to believe that our elections are sacrosanct but um, uh, I have to leave room for You know, did all this happen because we trusted people? We trusted people uh, to do the honorable thing? 
Well, you know, you can trust people, uh, but, you know, like Ronald Reagan said, trust and verify. In the case of this, you know, we have to trust and enforce. I mean, you know, what what is our... What is our guarantee of, you know, a Republican form of government, if not enforcement of our laws, uniform enforcement of our laws, not nothing arbitrary or capricious? And uh, I get the distinct impression that it's not a priority. Uh, And it's really a shame because that's how a republic has to work. Where do we go from here? Abilene? I don't know. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm very much uh, concerned, but the uh, thing that keeps me from uh, losing all hope is uh, my faith. And I know that uh, the Lord Jesus is coming back could be set enough for me. Well, you know, the, the one thing I have seen, and I don't want to put a time period on it particularly, but uh, in the recent past, in, in our recent history, more and more people turning back to the way their parents raised them and more and more people going to the Bible and getting their strength from religion. And, you know, that's what this country was founded on. And... It may be what we die on, but uh, if you don't have, you know, I, I certainly respect you for your faith and for your trust. <coughs> and uh, it's gotten many a soldier through the the battlefield, hasn't it? Yes, it has. I, I can recall uh, uh, our governor... Uh, I guess it was <coughs> Sonny Purdue who uh, we were experiencing a, a period of uh, great uh, drought here in Georgia and uh, Sonny Purdue uh, just asked people to pray for rain and the howls of ridicule that came from the left uh, on that was uh really pretty telling um, the uh, and of course the, the Democrat party has uh, voted to remove uh, any mention of God from their um, party platform and uh, you know well, what can you say um, it's, it's quite telling And that's what we have in the White House. Yeah, the thing. 
everybody's created by the thing, you know, the thing. Well, it's... Chinese Communist Party. There's a plan, and that plan will all come to pass at the right time, right when it's supposed to, and and I'll wave... Uh, so, well, what can we say about Desert Storm and Desert Shields? Uh, you know, people tune in the show, they want to hear about Desert Storm and Desert Shields, and I'll, I'll tell them what I experienced. Um, it was... Uh, well, uh, I'm very glad that our nation was unified at the time. Uh, there were naysayers, mostly uh, the Democrats in Congress trying to trip us up, but um, America was in a posture where they were not uh, interested in hearing any of that. And so, uh, you know, we, uh, we had a great time getting things ready because it, you know, there were so many people that were enthusiastically supporting us. People, as we drove our vehicles uh, down to the port of uh, Galveston, there were people all lined up all along the way um, with flags and uh, showing their support. And, um, you know, you, uh, you, you really... <clears throat> got uh, the feeling that the nation was behind us um, I pretty much you know would rather have not gone but uh, that's what was uh, my order so uh, I packed up and, and went uh, and on for for the whole period that was Desert Shield um, which is basically the going over there and getting ready part um uh, we didn't know if there was going to be a conflict. Um, and so <clears throat> when I came back from my mission that night that the air war started, uh, because I could not raise anybody on the radio, came back and uh, the whole uh, theater was basically all aircraft were on the radio listening site. That information wasn't passed to me. Uh, so I came back and... Uh, they told me, you know, it's no longer Desert Shield, it's Desert Storm. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, and then, of course, things went fast after that. We, uh, we were, you know, we, we had been told that as soon as we had the mission done, we could go home. And, you know, Saudi Arabia is a great place not and everybody's first impression when they got there was when can I leave so when uh, the president made it clear that the only thing standing between us and going home was Saddam Hussein and his army well too bad for Saddam Uh, it was all over but the crying And you had a focus, and you had a you had a reason to do what you were doing, and that was to go home. 
And I, I think what Bush did by saying that, it'll be over with as soon as we win. And what an incentive. That was a heck of an incentive program. You know, and I, I guess I, I, I come back to um, World War II as well. And I don't know, I, I've always, I've always felt this way about the United States and, uh, think, was it Hito that said, we've awakened a sleeping giant? Uh, I think it was Yamamoto. Yamamoto, yeah. Okay, but, I've always that that's the way I've always looked at the United States that we we're a sleeping giant and you you can push us only so far before you feel the wrath of what we'll bring to the party. Well, you know what uh, I can agree with that to a certain extent. But then I consider something like um, the conflict in Vietnam, where there was not an army, Navy, Air Force, that could hold a candle to us. And our forces secured every single objective they were assigned, every military objective they were assigned. But because in my personal opinion, Lyndon Johnson was corrupt and ran the war as a family business and may in fact have had a large part in the assassination of John Kennedy. Um, I believe, uh, you know, that it, there was no way to win that war because of the, of the shackles that were on us. And I talked to some, uh, folks uh, who had left there the uh, man I went to college with, his, uh, his father was a lieutenant general in the, in the South Vietnamese Army and uh, it, he said to me, if the United States had wanted to win that war they could have won it in two weeks they could have driven you know, with uh, three divisions abreast straight up uh, into Hanoi and there's not a thing that the North Vietnamese could have done about it but you know uh, it came down to the uh, the folks that uh, you know were making the decisions that was all mostly political I think McNamara uh, wrote a book and said that he knew from the beginning they couldn't win uh, which uh, really kind of infuriated me when I read that um, having lost friends there um, but uh, yeah so so you know <clears throat> it's not just military power that can do it and uh, you know when we're stupid politically like uh, paying ransom for hostages you know yeah. you're, you're just going to get more of what you just paid for you know, I was saying about your yeah. statement about Vietnam. As soon as we started carpet bombing, 
things changed, and we we could have done that years before. And the other thing that that I remember well about Vietnam is our government lied to us. They never told us the truth. And we sent men like yourself to Vietnam not knowing the truth of why we were there. And it wouldn't... It wasn't to protect the world from communism. It was to keep Lady Bird a big shipper. Well, um, you know, I think early on, when the Eisenhower administration was sending advisors over there, or observers actually, to see, you know, what was going on, uh, there was some real concern about, you know, the march of communism, the dominoes. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's not a static world. Things change, you know. And, well, the French uh, couldn't handle it. But then again, yeah, the French can't handle no much of anything anyway. Yeah. There's just no simple answer to, uh, you know, what, what could happen. Um, you know, or what we should have done. Who knows? For all the the strife and all the cost and all the um, you know lives lost, people maimed, for all of that, we may have had the best case scenario. Uh, you know, if we hadn't gone, if we'd done things different, maybe it would have been much worse. I don't know. Well, you know, that's why I like history, because you can never be wrong. <laughs> and I, I've always thought that, and this was, that's just a personal opinion, but that Kissinger sold us out at the round table. Um, I just, I don't think Kissinger ever had the U.S. interest at heart. And um, I think we had sold down the river, and like you said, and like your friend said, we could have we could have won Vietnam, and nobody, everybody was well. If we do this, uh, we'll get Red China involved, or if we do that, we'll get Russia involved, or you know, sometimes you just have to do it and say we don't think so. Yeah. Well, but you know, these days I spend a lot of time uh, working, trying to trying to fix those guys uh, who went downrange and got broke. Um, and uh, it's kind of my honor. It's, it's like a therapy for me, helping these guys. So I would say, if uh, any of your listeners uh, are veterans that suffered. Uh, any um, injury, illness uh, with a lasting effect from their service uh, they should contact the service officer from the Disabled American Veterans or the uh, American Legion or VFW um, and um, 
yeah, just uh, it's so important. Uh, we need we need to take care of those who have who will have borne the battle, right? Absolutely, uh, as Abraham Lincoln said. Well, you know, unfortunately, just as you you said a minute ago, things change, and we never know what's going to happen when we wake up in the morning, assuming we wake up in the morning. And it's... It'll always, as long as you've got two men in the room, you've got two different opinions, and that's what starts wars. And, you know, we've never learned how to get along with each other. And I think, I think the United States has been, for 240 some odd years, we've been very blessed. But we've never realized that the rest of the world isn't as blessed as we are. And we've taken a lot of things for granted, in my opinion. And, uh, like I said, I don't like the world hating us. I don't like the world not respecting us. But I can understand where it comes from. And, you know, uh, to say that Biden and his bunch of merry men have dropped the ball would be an understatement. And I... I hate to think of what he might have said at the UN today. Well, uh, if he really wanted to be set himself apart from conservatives, then uh, he's uh, he's done it because he's done everything exactly the opposite of what. Uh, Ronald Reagan would have done, I can tell you that. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And don't you know that Reagan is shaking his head every time Biden walks to the podium? Yeah. Um, you know, this... This show is about remembering Desert Shield and Desert Storm, and I guess one of the things that we should remember, there was our part in Desert Shield and Desert Storm, and then there was Saddam Hussein's part in Desert Shield and Desert Storm, and we should learn a good lesson from looking at Saddam Hussein. There was a there was a tyrant that controlled a whole country and he controlled it by the fear of death and everybody thought that everything had to go through Saddam Hussein and he made them believe it and they they learned later that they could live without Saddam Hussein. You know, there's something inbred in that area that... Have they ever had a peaceful time? Has Iraq and Iran ever gotten along? 
Have they ever? Has that area ever been at at peace? They hate the Jews. They hate Israel. <coughs> uh, well, I think back to uh, the time of Cyrus the Great, the Persian king, who basically held sway over that entire region, and it was a pretty noble guy, and in fact, uh, you know, when Cyrus the Great took over, uh, captured Babylon, or conquered Babylon, he found that they had this whole people of Judea captive, and Cyrus the Great sent them back to uh, the land of Judah, and told them to rebuild the temple of their god. Uh, so, yeah, there was a time. It's a long time ago. <laughs> and they didn't have internet. No. Or telephones. Cell phones. Which, um, I'm wondering sometimes if it wouldn't be better if we didn't. But, Philip, it's almost that time to uh, get out of here. I normally run us over, and uh, I think today we're gonna gonna make it on time to uh, to bail out. But as always, it's been a learning experience for me, and I hope our audience, whether they're listening to us live or listening to the rebroadcast or listening on one of our podcasts get as much out you know you bring us to the table and you make us think and some of your points are just incredible and uh, I look forward to next week and I thank you for today's show. You're always, you always bring to the table more than, than we as a public deserve. And, uh, thank you for your service and your perspective of so many things. We will, we will talk next week one more time and, uh, we're going to solve these problems, just the two of us. Yes, sir. All right. All right. Take care. Bye-bye, y'all. The views, opinions, and content of the show hosts and their guests appearing on America's Web Radio are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the station. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.